Welcome everybody to Military Spouse Mogul Entrepreneur Series by Military Spouse. I am Moni Jefferson, your host here and host for this series. I'm excited to have a special guest with us today. Today we are talking to Military Spouse Mogul Becky Hoy, uh, fellow colleague, Military Spouse Entrepreneur. Virtually we met in person one time and I am excited to kind of dive in and talk more about you and what you do in your business. So first, let's just jump in. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became a military spouse? I always say I am an accidental military spouse and an accidental entrepreneur. So neither of those things were in the like 10 or 20 year plan, but they've both happened. Um, so I've been married to my husband, Randy. He is active duty army and we've been married for 12 years now, how unreal, how time flies. Um, no real like military connection to speak of before I married into the military. And for the first six or seven years of our marriage, I was working in operations and logistics and doing all the things and um, really took my first step into the entrepreneur space. Um, when I started my business, Brave Crate, which is a monthly deployment countdown box for military spouses. So that kind of snowballed me into entrepreneurship. And now I deal with all things um, beyond Brave Crate. I deal with all things operations and logistics for um, mostly subscription e-commerce businesses. Yes. And we're going to talk more about that because I've seen the launch of Brave Crate and I've seen the evolution and that is the joy of being connected online, just seeing you grow into various areas. Tell us, you told us a little bit about how you started your journey. Tell us more about the beginning stages, maybe when you were starting, um, the things that you noticed for, as being a, for being a military spouse and starting a business. Yeah. So, um, I kind of, I know a lot of military spouses kind of enter the entrepreneurship space out of necessity, looking for something that's mobile. I, my story was a little bit different. I was really inspired by a need in the community to support spouses during deployment and created a care package for a friend who was counting down and thought like, wouldn't this be cool if I did this for more people? And if this was more available and that launched me into entrepreneurship as the best avenue to do that. As I was getting started, though, I really was starting from scratch. I had no business background other than, you know, my operations background, which is very different than kind of running your own show and doing your own thing. Um, and so the, that early stage was a lot of Googling, a lot of Googling, a lot of learning. I think now, uh, five or six years later, there are a lot more resources like this <laughs> available to help people kind of kick off and get started. But in those initial stages, it was a lot of dreaming and planning and a lot of um, figure mistakes, figuring out what worked mm -hmm. and what didn't, and just kind of testing things until I found a system that really worked for me. And tell us a little bit more about the subscription box, because subscriptions are can be a hard thing to manage, but you've you have kept the business up and going. Tell us about launching that. Um, what types of what types of barriers did you run into and how are you making all work now? Yeah. So I highly recommend for anyone who is in the e-commerce space, meaning you're selling physical products to 
human beings <laughs> anywhere around the world um, that you consider a subscription component to your business. It's a great way to add recurring revenue and to increase your customer's lifetime value. Um, a subscription doesn't always have to mean a subscription box. So Brave Crate um, itself is a subscription box, meaning we send a new assortment of items every month while a a um, military spouse is counting down. Um, but subscription can also just mean whatever it is that you're selling is available on a recurring basis. When I first entered the space five or six years ago, um, subscription was kind of new. It was newer. Um, now we're very used to seeing it, right? You go on Amazon and you see subscribe and save. Like this is something that major brands are really embracing as a primary revenue stream. And so for me, a lot of the barriers were around figuring out the perfect product fit. What did military spouses need during deployment? And so there was quite a bit of customer surveying um, and testing out different products and um, beta testing. I highly recommend that. So if you're launching, whether it's a physical product business or a service-based business or a digital product, um, find those beta testers who are your ideal customer and test it out. Give them um, the product at a lower cost or um, if it's something that you can provide at no cost to them in exchange for their feedback, it really is going to benefit you. And that was probably one of the best things that we did to set ourselves up for success was having like a really robust beta testing period where we spent a lot of time um, working with a small group of military spouses and sending them products and um, getting their feedback on everything from packaging to the tracking email that they got to um, their experience using the website. So that I think was the biggest, um, not barrier, but definitely hurdle that we overcame in the beginning was how do we know we're selling the right thing? And that's, I think, so important. There are a million online businesses now. And we see military spouses, especially starting online businesses or entrepreneurship in various forms um, every single day. And it's beautiful and it's amazing. But the most important thing we can remember is that we are serving a customer and they are giving us their money in exchange for something valuable. And so making sure that what we're giving them is really valuable, I think is the best thing we can do to set ourselves up for success. I love that you said that because uh, we were having a coaching session earlier and we were talking about when you first start your business, you want to just like jump in and start selling it. You, uh, we don't do enough of that foundational pillar building where you're really doing the customer discovering who is your avatar? What are, what types of packaging do they like? Is this an ideal subscription box for them? Is your messaging right as far as not only content, but copy and graphics? I love that you had a focus group. I think that is a huge takeaway for whoever's listening to this today. If you have a product or service is you kind of get those group of spouses or people that you can trust who can be honest about what your product or service is and give you feedback because they love you and they're coming from a place of wanting to see you, you know, thrive. I love that. Um, and you talked a minute ago about kind of a little bit of the expansion part. Tell us what in addition to because this, what you're doing now is an add-on because of the experience you had in building the Brave Crate, right? So tell us a little bit more about that as well. Yeah, what's really fabulous about being a business owner 
and starting something from the ground up is that you're going to learn what you love to do. Um, and for me, what I love to do is not marketing. <laughs> what I love to do is not social media. What I love to do is a lot of the stuff that other business owners hate doing, thankfully. So I love to do anything involving um, planning and product and, you know, give me a spreadsheet and a project plan and I'm a happy girl. And so um, it really uh, helped me to kind of envision what I wanted to be doing in addition to Brave Crate. Um, and so I expanded to start serving other businesses as an operations uh, director of operations and in some cases an operations consultant where I go into their e-commerce and subscription businesses and either consult to help them make their business life better and easier or actually work hand in hand with their team um, to help run their business on the back end. Um, in addition to that, Brave Crate has evolved to also partner with the Pillar Deployment Retreat, um, which is another completely different avenue of um, being able to support and serve the military spouse community. I'm really fortunate to work with an amazing partner, Joanna uh, Golden Knoll, on that, the creator of the Joe My Gosh blog, which I'm sure everyone listening knows. One of the, yeah. one of the first. <laughs> She's one the, of the OG. <laughs> oh, Joanna is an OG. Um, yes. So yeah, we were able to partner on that and we're able to kind of expand the way that we serve the community. And so um, I would say that's another really key takeaway as you're getting started. I had this vision when I first started Brave Crate that this is what I would do. Like Brave Crate is what I would do and that would be it. And in reality, it sparked so many other things from operations, um, service-based support and consulting to an online retreat um, that has really allowed me to expand what I have my hands in and, and what my day looks like. And I love that you've kind of also niched into that deployment space, like that you, if you do what you love, you're not working. So it's really, you're focusing on that deployed spouse. And I think that's a really great key piece and takeaway as well as you're building a business. Don't try to serve everybody, figure out your ideal customer and stick to it and then do different things in that same lane like you have. You're doing operations in that same lane. You have a deployment uh, retreat and it's really all encompassing. And so your brand is known for that. So I love that. What a smart, smart piece of business advice, right? And if I can mention, like even within that deployment space, we serve a very specific military spouse, right? Like we are serving female military spouses and we are okay with that. And we realize like those aren't the only military spouses. And we even serve a subset of female military spouses. Like not everybody wants to count down with a community. Not everybody wants to count down with a monthly care package sent to their home. Like it's not for everybody. And that releasing that need to feel like we are serving everybody or that we are making everybody happy. Like if you even look at the Brave Crate social media page, um, we like to share some spicy memes sometimes and some spicy Yes, you do. <laughs> and like that, and and I really I think I had a mental block early on where I thought, like, oh, I'm not gonna share that, even though I know my customers would love it. What if someone else doesn't? Yeah. What if there's pushback? What if this isn't a perfect fit for someone? And the reality is like, it's never going to be a perfect fit for everyone. And by 
limiting your brand voice and not getting super clear on who your customer is, you are missing an opportunity to yeah. speak to your customer. So I would rather speak to the 5% who mm -hmm. I'm actually serving and have them see the content we share, see what's inside of Brave Crate, see our website copy and be like, yes, this is me. Then speak to 80% mm -hmm. of the community and have them say like, this might or might not be for me. I'm not sure. Like, let, let's make it super clear who we're speaking to and let's have them look at everything we do and just be like, heck yes, this is for me. Right. Oh my gosh. I love that because it's like, what is the saying? When you serve everybody, you serve nobody. So true. Right. And you do have to get through that mental barrier and that block. And that's a lot of internal work. You have to be like, I'm okay with everybody not being on the same page as me. I'm still going to do what I do and I'm going to do it well. And you and have in, such a committed audience. And in full transparency, like we have had pushback from folks. Like we have had people for whom Brave Crate is not their jam and they think it's, insert negative comment here. It's silly. It's yeah. unnecessary. It's whatever. And the reality is the people that we serve love it and it makes an impact. And when you see that customer review come in or someone sends you an email, I got an email from a customer yesterday that said like, this has transformed my life during deployment. Oh like that in itself mm -hmm. is worth the risk of not being everybody's cup of tea because you are going to be something that somebody just like remembers for the rest of their life. Even if that's like you're selling candles and, you know, maybe the scents you're using are, are like outrageous and, and yeah. not whatever. <laughs> like someone will love that. So if you're clear that that is your target customer and that's who you're serving, um, then don't be afraid to actually serve them. Don't sacrifice serving them just so that you can try to please 90% of people. Cause you oh won't. won't. Yeah, you, no. And even if you do switch things up, more people are not going to like something. So you, somebody's always going to like, not like something that you do when you're starting or running a business, as long as you're following your heart and you're fulfilling your passion and your gift, you will, you will make it through. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, as you guys can see, you have a lot on your plate. How has mindfulness played a role in your entrepreneurial success? Because you know, when you start a business, you are all the things all the departments, all the people, all the hats. So how are you finding uh, that mindfulness? Like, what are you doing to tune into that? Yeah. So I think the biggest piece for me and ongoing, it's I'm, I haven't like reached nirvana, right? I'm not like there having it all figured out by any means, but especially in the early days, it was the, I was struggling with like the constant fear of doing it wrong, doing something wrong or, you know, something falling through the cracks, that imposter syndrome of like, am I good enough to do this? Should I be doing this? And I think being a business owner, 80% of it is learning to, I like to say, like, do it dirty, <laughs> like just get it done and try it and learning to be okay with the fact that like, sometimes you're going to try things and it's not going to go great. Maybe it just wasn't a great idea. Maybe you didn't execute it well enough, but you're going to try again and that's okay. Um, and so for me, mindfulness is really about um, allowing myself to do the new thing, even if I don't have it all figured out and dealing with those internal aspects and those internal thoughts of 
worry and fear, right? That it's not going to go well. So um, I would say having a practice that allows you to really overcome that, whether that's journaling, whether that's having a trusted friend who you talk to, I highly recommend if you're not in a mastermind group, um, you know, checking out a mastermind or at least pulling together a group of like two to three close friends um, who, and I've found a, a number through AMC specifically who have just become like close confidants and we can get on a call and be vulnerable. And I can say like, we're launching this new thing and I'm really nervous. And they'll say, you're not the only one who's nervous. We're nervous too. Like you're not in it alone. Um, and so I think just recognizing those thoughts as they come up and also knowing like you can't do all the things like that's the hard part when you're starting a business is you have to do all the things and you can't do them all. <laughs> so learning what your rocks in the river are, like what are the things that have to get done for your business to operate and then allowing everything else to be um, not extra, but like allowing everything else to come as you're able to. I know a lot of folks are running their first business as a side hustle. So you probably have some semblance of work alongside of it, plus family, plus, you know, regular life, <laughs> grocery shopping and doing the things you have to do. Um, so getting really organized and clear about what has to happen and then allowing the other pieces to kind of fall in where they can. And how do you, how do, you do that? So how would you, what kind of advice or what types of systems do yeah. you use to make that all happen and keep your sanity, keep your stress level low and not, not play into that? I have to do everything all the time on this one day. What yeah. are you using to keep yourself on track? So I use a combination of Asana and Google Calendar um, just on the like super on the ground level um, to track exactly what tasks need to happen. And what's amazing is as your business grows, it's really easy to pull in a team and um, bring them on board with that system you've put in place. So I highly recommend if your business has any kind of a regular cadence, which spoiler alert, it does, whether you're running a subscription or e-commerce or a service-based business, those tasks that you're doing over and over again, every month, every week, every day even, um, give them a home. Don't let them live in your head. Make them live somewhere that is not your brain so your brain can deal with other things. Um, and for me, that's Asana and also Google Calendar, um, as well as task batching. So I have found, especially early on, that having space for task batching in my life where I say, okay, this day, this is my marketing focus day, and I am going to get you know, all of the things done. So before I had an amazing social media manager who's on my team, I'd be like, okay, this is my one day for social. I'm going to plan it out, get it scheduled and um, not have that be the task that's on my schedule every single day. Um, I know I have to turn in my finance reports to my accountant on a certain day every month. That is an Asana and I have time blocked on my calendar for it. Um, and if there's anything you're doing that can be automated, automate it. It can be really tempting to think like, oh, it's going to take me two hours to set up an automation for that or set up a system for that, but it's going to save you so many more hours down the road. So whatever you can automate or create an SOP for, do it, prioritize that, let something else fall off the plate for a minute mm -hmm. if you have to. 
Um, but as much as you can streamline by having a project plan, knowing what you're working on each day, and then automating as much as you can, it'll benefit you and just being able to kind of juggle all the things. Yes. And, and I talk a lot about this when I'm mentoring spouses that are starting their business, because they'll try to work on Canva graphics for two hours, and then they move over to a client call. And I really try to, people ask me, how do you manage it all with multiple businesses and kids and everything? I literally have CEO days or creative working days, or I have filming days where that whole day I'm, I'm, you use different parts of your brain to do different things. So the day that I'm having conversations with sponsors or clients or recording reels or talking, you know, doing interviews, that's a different focus. So that entire day, that's where I will focus. And if, and just creating that content, or if you need to do finance, like you said, do it on one day, content creating and, and things like that, that will really allow and creates a lot of space for you to see milestones uh, being completed. Because when you stop, to have a client call in the middle of your one and a half hours, almost done with content. You didn't even finish that whole thing. Now you're moving to a different portion and it just, it's, it's really hard to get that concentration. So those are really great tips. And the automation Zapier is your best friend. It is not as hard as it looks. It looks really techy, but it is such an easy system to put together and there's great videos. So that's something that we use too at AMC, which we love. Yeah. And I would also say, take a step back and ask yourself, like, what do I really hate doing in my business? Because like, we all have it. We all have those things (laughs) take us tons of time. So what do I hate doing or what is taking me a ton of time to complete? Um, For me, it was often scheduling with people and trying to like get things on the the calendar. So I set up a Calendly account. And now if someone needs to book a time with me, like they can do that or, um, For instance, like in Asana, we have a number of workflows that make it really easy for our team members to stay up to date with things that are going on. And so just figuring out what are those things that are taking a ton of time or what are the things that take a ton of energy? Like for me, recording content, like I can tell Moni when you record content that if you're like loving it and you're just like in your zone. (laughs) For me, it takes a lot of mental energy and to be transparent, I do it a lot less now in my business than I used to as our team has grown. And I'm grateful for that because it's not my sweet spot. It's not the thing that brings me joy. Um, but if I'm going to record content, like I'm going to batch it in one day, because that's the day I'm going to do my hair and makeup. That's the day I'm going to set up my space with lighting and, you know, all the tripods. And I'm also going to order myself something special from Starbucks and give myself a treat. So, you know, figure out those things that are real pain points for you and ask yourself, is there any way I can automate this with something like Zapier or another tool that you have? Um, or is there a way that I can batch this so I only have to deal with it once? Or even my favorite, is there a way I can just stop doing it? Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things we do in our business yes. because we've always done them. Right. And I would challenge anyone who hasn't done this before to take a step back and say like, what would happen if I just tried not doing that thing for a month Mm -hmm. and see, track your progress and see, is this making an impact on my business? So if you're doing something just for the sake of doing it, whether that's 
maybe a specific report you run in your business every month or a specific type of content you're recording that takes you forever and you don't enjoy it, um, give it a shot. Just try, see what it feels like not to do it for a month and see if it impacts your performance. Do you decrease in revenue because you didn't do it? Mm -hmm. Um, I used to do a live unboxing for Brave Crate every single month um, publicly and I would record it and I would video edit it and I would post it to YouTube and on our website. And it took me so much time and I hated it. And I thought, what if I just didn't? And I stopped doing it. And guess what? It had zero impact on our those key performance indicators. Mm-hmm. Right. The KPIs. Yep. Yeah. So and it's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. Um, that's also giving yourself permission to say, hey, I tried this in my business and it didn't work. And right. being okay with that, because at the end of the day, you're the boss. You're allowed to make those decisions. I mean, if it's if it's not giving you those key performance indicators, which is what you're talking about, KPIs, if you're tracking it and you're like, nothing is really happening because I do this, it's not generating more revenue. It's not generating the sponsors that I need. It's okay to stop doing it, yeah. you know, or maybe do it in seasons. Maybe it's only a seasonal thing that you guys do for, you know, Christmas, maybe 12 days of Christmas, you do unboxings or something like that, but it's okay. And yeah, if it's something you do not like in your business and you're forcing yourself to do it because everybody else is doing it, take a step back and reevaluate. Because if you're doing it and you don't like it, you probably aren't performing in your maximum genius because you're not enjoying it, right? Yeah. So I, I love that. So with all of this amazingness that you do, tell us how you stay connected with the community and maintain a support system while being stationed in different places. Because as a military spouse and everybody who's listening or tuning in, or if you're a civilian counterpart, military spouses move every two to three years. And sometimes some spouses move within months of being stationed at places. So entrepreneurship is the key for them. And that's why they build their business, but they do it with community, yeah. right? So tell us how you're staying connected. Well, I already mentioned this before, but I think it stands worth saying again, having a group of close uh, colleagues who you trust and whose input you trust is really important. And I, I mentioned that because we're all at different stages in our business. And if you are in a, you know, close knit group or a mastermind and you are, the only one at your stage in business and everyone else is kind of in the beginning stages, it probably isn't going to feel like a very balanced conversation. You're going to feel like it's more mentoring than mastermind. Um, so I would suggest definitely connecting online so that you have that consistency as you're moving. So I know um, every, you know, once a month, I'm meeting with this same group of fellow entrepreneurs Um in one case, military spouses, in another case, they're specific to my industry. But I have this group that is meeting online and that is going to move with me, right? So it doesn't matter that I'm in Hawaii right now and I could be in Louisiana six months from now, like that's consistent. Um, but I also think being around people in person is really powerful. So see what groups are available to you. I love having a co-working group. Um, and I've met some of my best business friends through co-working um, and have often started them in my own spaces when when I've landed in different areas. So in Fayetteville, 
when we were at Fort Bragg, I started a co-working space with a good friend of mine um, and we would just meet at different coffee shops every week. Um, so it's a good way to stay connected in person too, because goodness, like being stuck in your home office 60 hours a week can just drain you as my husband likes to remind me when I get yeah, it's so. being an entrepreneur is lonely. No military spouse. Listen, we're in the desert over here dying of thirst. Right. (laughs) But, you know, you make it happen and and being able to connect with each other online is so valuable. And I've seen you do that through different communities that we're a part of how you are giving information and support and and referrals and and also just sometimes just saying I'm here for you. And I've personally seen you do that. And so I love that the way that you contribute to the community and the way you stay connected. Tell us some ways that you manage um, some self-care practices. What are you doing to stay grounded and focused now that you have a little one on the way? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Congratulations. Yeah, we're due with um, our very first child this May. So we're like two weeks out or three weeks out from our due date right now. Um, So self-care looks a little bit different for me in this season. Self-care is mostly like putting my feet up when they're swollen and eating all the snacks I want. Um, That's about all I can muster at this point in the process. But in general, um, I'm pretty committed to a bullet journaling practice. That's like a combination of uh, personal reflection and um, things like gratitude and also planning. For me, it's very anxiety reducing to just like see what's in front of me and be able to get all of the ideas out of my brain and on paper. So a daily journaling practice has been really important. I am 100% committed to my bath time, which may be TMI, but we're being honest. No, bath times are it, honey. If you have a tough suit. So the, um, my evening routine is really important for me as a wind down, um, there are days where I do work longer than I anticipated or maybe longer than I intended. And so being able to punctuate my day with an end of day routine that for me includes taking a bath. It doesn't have to include that for everyone, but that's just important downtime for me to like decompress and um, do some really basic self-care things like take off my makeup at the end of the day and wash my face. And I know that sounds so basic, but I think those are the types of practices that maybe aren't super sexy, but are really powerful. Um, Things like having a monthly budget meeting with my husband so that I'm not stressed about what our financial situation is. Um, One of the things that we talk about as it relates to deployment a lot with military spouses in our community is the difference between self-care and crashing. And so we sometimes think to ourselves like, oh, I need a self-care day where I'm just going to like binge watch Netflix for 12 hours, or I have to go get a mani-pedi or have to go get a massage or a spa day because I'm so burned out. If you've taken yourself as an entrepreneur to that point of being so burned out that you literally can't do anything else and you need a self-care day to, to cope, you've taken yourself too far. Um, now you're not giving yourself proactive self-care. You've crashed. Like you have no point. This isn't enjoyable. Yeah, for you. yeah. You're doing this because you have no other choice. Um, so if a 12 hour Netflix binge is the thing for you, that's great. Put it on the calendar. Don't let it be something that you do as a reaction to being stressed and overwhelmed. The goal for self-care really 
should be to make it a part of our daily and weekly lives so that we don't get to that point of like no return. Is it fair to say that it should be in your schedule? It you should know? be on your calendar. Yeah. 100%. Treat yourself like I always said this before, especially about like going to the gym, getting your massage, getting your hair, or, you know, yeah. your nails done. Treat it like the appointment as if it was a paying client because you're paying back into yourself. And when you are working with clients all day, when you're a military spouse and you're volunteering or your spouse is deployed, you have kids, you don't have kids, regardless, it is a very draining and emotional journey. And so put it on the calendar. I mean, personal stuff can go on calendars too, not just business things. And I learned that a long time ago. I love that you said that because we do that. I mean, I'm guilty. I've done it before where I'm, yeah. I'm a Saturday. I'm, I won't leave my room. And yeah. my husband knows like she's, she's crashed. <laughs> she's down and burning, you know, leave her in her room, but, and having those rituals, those self-care practices, they're not sexy, but it feels really good at the end of the night when you are just taking your makeup off, pull your hair back a bath. If you can do it or a hot shower, whatever it is, do you need to decompress and applaud yourself for running a business? First of all, as a military spouse, you know, we can celebrate ourselves just for showing up for ourselves. Right. Yeah. I would also say having scheduled days off and those need to be on as well. Um, when you are, running a business, it is so easy for it to invade every aspect of your life. And as a business owner, we love and care for our personal businesses and brands in a way that we wouldn't if it if we were working for someone else. And that's just the reality. It's good to know as a business owner too, like as you start hiring and bringing in team members, no one is going to love your business the way you do. And it's unfair to expect them to do that. It's just not reality. Um, we have a unique, it's like if you had a babysitter or a nanny, right? Like you have a unique love for your baby that no one else has and that's okay. But it also means that you have to have points where you turn it off and give yourself a little bit of breathing room. So if you are working seven days a week and you're just kind of taking work as it pops up, um, or if you're working into the night every single day, and that's not a part of the routine you want in your life, set those start and end times, set those days off and make them sacred. Yeah, I I love that. Definitely scheduling your work days, having a day off. One of the things that I started doing late last year was I don't work on Fridays. Um, I usually set those days up. I clean my desk. I clean out my emails. I'm not like working. I'm like doing things to clear my space so that I can go into the weekend fresh, um, and, and just carving out those things. So tell us a little bit about, and I, I, you shared a little bit of it earlier, but tell us a little bit about a challenge that you had, um, in military life on your journey as an entrepreneur that you've had to overcome. So I feel like we don't talk a lot about, and I will say some spouses are are really coming forward with sharing information like, Hey, this was hard. This is what I did. I feel like entrepreneurship is all about the hustle. How much can you do and how much time and all of this stuff that I feel like can be very toxic. If you're an entrepreneur, like the hustle and the grind work, you know, 24 seven, you know, and, and things like that. Tell us some something that you've had to overcome and, and a, a great tip on maybe how we can do the same. Sure. So I think on the Brave Crate side of things, 
our PCS to Hawaii was, it, which happened a year and a half, roughly ago, um, was a big turning point in my business. And we were so excited to be stationed um, in an Oconus duty station and, and in Hawaii, like I can't, I'm not complaining about being here, I promise. So leave your negative comments. We're very happy to be here and not complaining. Um, but it posed a lot of logistical challenges with um, running a product-based business. I can't ship from Hawaii. And I had a lot of um, stress around that season of moving. I had to basically like reformat most of my business to be able to accommodate it. I was lucky that I was able to find an amazing team and, and continue operations as usual. Um, but there was a season just of real stress and overwhelm where I just felt like, oh my gosh, like this is insurmountable. How are we going to figure this out? How are we going to do this? And it's funny because I was like four-ish, five-ish years into the business. And I was like, man, I thought I had overcome all the like hard parts, right? Like all the self-doubt and all the figuring out new things. And it doesn't end. It always, there's always going to be something new to learn. Um, and I really had to get intentional about change, shifting my mindset around that season and being willing to let go of exactly how I had envisioned my business. Um, so I had always envisioned that like I'd be fulfilling from my own address and like having a fulfillment center in my residential space. And there were lots of pieces of that that I had to let go of and reformat. Um, and so this maybe isn't like the most tactical advice I can give, but I think it's maybe one of the more important things to mention is just that your business is going to shift and evolve. And especially with military life, you are going to have to make adjustments sometimes and that's okay. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's a failure just because things look different um, and approaching it in that way is going to set you up for success instead of approaching it as like something that you have to do or have to deal with. Yeah. And I think, like you said, just giving yourself grace and permission to pivot. It doesn't mean that it can't happen now, Becky. Right. Maybe it happens when you come back. Exactly. Maybe it's in Q2 of year seven. You know what I right. mean? So it doesn't mean no, it just means not right now. And there's a reason for it. And look, you're going to be international, honey. Maybe that's what's setting you up. Right. Exactly. An international box, subscription box. And, you know, those are just great things. And how amazing is that now that you have that experience that you can now help another spouse navigate those waters, right? Because that's what we do. We help each other. We network, we support, and we share those types of tips that nobody else would have if they didn't PCS. So that's, wow, that's incredible. I love that. Um, okay. So let's move on. We're almost done with this amazing interview. I feel like you've dropped so many gems and so much information. Um, can you tell us uh, what particular excuse me, what are you most passionate about in your business? So we, you did kind of share a little bit about what you don't like in your business and you shared a little bit about what you do like, but share a little bit more about um, your passion about in your business and how do you hope to inspire other spouses with what you've, what you've created? Yeah, I am really passionate about creating a business that supports my life instead of draining from it. And by that, I really mean the systems and process side of my business. And so one thing I'm very proud of at Brave Crate and at, at Pillar and in with the clients I work with is that I have been able to craft and create businesses 
um, that are as streamlined and efficient as possible. So like taking out the fluff, taking out the extra, doing what works. And a big part of that, Moni, you mentioned this, is tracking your KPIs, tracking your key performance indicators and knowing what's working. Um, and, you know, for us on the e-commerce side of things, those are metrics like your conversion rate and your average order value and your margins, being able to track that and really whittling down your business to only do the things that are having an impact. Now you're going to do other things sometimes because they're fun and you enjoy them and that's great. And like, it's important to inject that into our business, but having that core structure of like, these are the things that we do because we know they work and having a business that is lean and streamlined to accommodate that is something that I'm really passionate about in building my own businesses and helping other spouses build theirs. Um, there is way too much attached to hustle, hustle culture right now. Way yes, girl, let's talk things, about it. Right? Like <laughs> too many things that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, in my service-based business this year, I realized that like organic Instagram was just not, not making an impact. And that's because of the customers I serve. They're not scrolling on Instagram because they're busy working as CEOs in their business. So I actually let go of um, the traditional Instagram model and brought in a model that is more of a like static Instagram with occasional stories. Um, And it was a great decision for me and has actually been something that my clients ask about, like, can we do that? Like, can we try something like that? And it's not right for every brand, but just as an example of a place where um, I think it's, it's offered peace in my life and kind of allowed me to step away. And so that would be like one thing I would hope if anyone was taking something away from this chat, that they would take away the idea that you can build a business that fits your life. And just because, you know, entrepreneur guru XYZ says you're supposed to be doing these 10 things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be doing those 10 things. As long as you know where your business is, as long as you know what your KPIs are and you're monitoring them, you have the freedom to test and try things and test and try not doing things. You don't have to do it all. Yes, I agree. And I don't think we talk about that or share that enough because when you're starting a business, you're trying to mimic a model that you've seen, right? So maybe a new spouse sees Brave Crate and they're like, oh my gosh, I have this idea, but for a different type of box. And they see you doing all these different things. And then they feel that they have to be on these different platforms and doing this and doing that. But the thing is, like you said, do number one, what is driving revenue? Do number two, what you're happy doing. Everything else can be added later, but it's really great to small and get start small and get really good at those different areas before you start expanding. Because when you're comparing yourself to Brave Crate or to another, like you said, entrepreneurial that has a business, you don't know how many team members they have. You don't know their financial situation. And so maybe they have everything because they have the budget to have everything, right? And we don't start that way. Most spouses are building a business. They're bootstrapping it. They're like, babe, on the 15th, I'm taking 215 to register my business in the state of wherever they just moved. And they're they're just building a website and doing this and doing that. So sometimes they don't have the budget. And so don't let that stop you from just starting because perfection never comes. 
just progress and just starting little by little. So that's been, that was really great. I love that takeaway. So finally, what person has inspired you the most in your life so far and why? This is such a hard question because there are so many who have inspired me entrepreneurially and professionally. Um, I am not going to call out someone specific, but I am going to say that I am most inspired by the team members I work with um, because they challenge me to adjust the way that I'm thinking. And I am a person who very much kind of, like I've said, I'm really passionate about like streamlining and efficiency. And I love working with these incredible military spouses who are going to come back to me and be like, well, what if we tried this? Yeah. What if we did this differently? Um, and I think that that is, is something that I really want to foster more of in my life and that I would encourage others to foster more of is if you are a person who is not naturally inclined to like think outside the box or try something different, surround yourself with people who are surround yourself with people who are willing to push the boundaries and encourage you to do something in a different way um, and be open to their feedback when they share it. Yes. And that can be hard sometimes as as a CEO or a founder, because you're thinking your way is the right way, but there is so much power in bringing people around you that know more about a specific subject in your business. And they're like, and they just run and they go for it. And then that leaves you with the space to be, to hone in on what you're really good at, to maximize that while they're doing this and somebody else is doing that. And yeah, it's really humbling. Yeah, <laughs> when you hear feedback and you're like, wait a minute, but why? And then you see it and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Thank you for sharing. Right. So it's, it's really a humbling experience and it's such an honor when people that are helping you or supporting you in your business want to see you win. Yeah. Like they're coming to you with these ideas because they want to see you win. They want to see your business thrive and they want to add that to your business. So I think that is just a beautiful, magical combination. So thank you for sharing that. So now as we're wrapping up, any final thoughts, what resources would you like to share with military spouse audience who's starting a business? Yeah. So I would definitely encourage everyone, um, check out AMSI, of course, um, use resources like this, where you're being connected with other military spouses and don't be afraid to reach out directly to, um, people in this space, the military spouse entrepreneur space and the general entrepreneur space um, and reach out and ask for advice, ask for feedback. Um, Not everyone is going to be available to give you feedback all the time, right? Like everyone's busy, but it never hurts to ask and to invite someone to a coffee chat. And, um, you know, I I hate the term like picking your brain. I much prefer (laughs) like, hey, I'd love to ask your opinion about XYZ, Um, but don't be afraid to ask for feedback from others who have gone before and also from the people in your circle who are customers um, or or potential customers. Like be open to hearing and seeing what others are seeing that you might not be able to see right in front of yourself. Wow. What a great way to end this episode with all of that. And if you are listening, make sure you head over. How can we find you, Becky? What's the best way to get in touch? You can head to um, bravecrates.com or find us at bravecrate on Instagram and Facebook. Um, also at pillardeploymentretreat.com at pillardeploymentretreat on um, Instagram and Facebook. Those are the two primary places that I hang out. 
Um, if you're looking for operational support, beckyhoy.com. I'm always glad to chat. You can get on my Calendly um, <laughs> and, and we can chat there. Great. And thank you so much. We'll make sure we're going to be including that in all of our show notes. So if you um, want to connect, make sure you click on the links and connect with Becky Hoy. Check out Brave Freight. Thank you so much for being with us today, Becky. And thank you guys for listening to our Mill Spouse Mogul of the Month and um, sharing her story. We hope that you have been inspired to go and build the business of your dreams. Thanks for having me.